Welcome to Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is Ike Grande, and if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped you get off. Uh, it is another episode of Open Lines, and today is a special one because not only do I know these guys, but they are live and in person, so that's always cool. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about pup play today, and joining me today is Spike and Strike. How are you? Good. How are you? I can't complain. <laughs> you guys look great, by the way. Thank you so Thank much you. for wearing your, what would I call them? Because I already made the mistake gear. of, okay, so your gear. So we refer to it as pup gear. I guess the obvious question to start off with is how did this, how did you get into pup play? For me, I don't know. I came across it somewhere and it just kind of felt right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just like any other canker fetish out there, it's a headspace. So you, you get out of it what you put into it. And just like uh, Superman Clark Kent, you know, you put on the cape and you have superpowers, you put on the hood and you find a different headspace. The headspace that it provides or the headspace that you put yourself into, how do you, how do you categorize it? Like, what, what's that feeling like? It's like wiping the slate clean and putting yourself in a totally different, I guess, spiritual, headspace. emotional, hypersensitive state. That's relaxing. You forget about work. You forget about your family troubles. Uh, you regress to whatever you want. So mm -hmm. similar to like ABDL play or furry play, puppy play is you just want to be a playful puppy. Why do you think pup play has gotten so popular? I think it's because it's a release. Um, it's, it's a safe space. It's a safe place. And it's a safe way to let out all your stress, have a good time and it doesn't cause harm, damage, pain. It's a uh, it's a playful release of stress and energy. You say that you don't know how you got into it, but I feel like there's always that one moment in your life where you're like, okay, well, this is probably the moment where it stems from. <laughs> so I always liked uh, the thought of bondage, BDSM, blindfolds, masks, and somewhere along the line, I came across somebody who had mentioned it and I looked into it and I was like, this looks like fun and uh, just started researching it and getting into it. Mm -hmm. But you've always been, um, and just so people know a, a background, I do, I've known you for what, 12 years time. now, 13 years now. Uh, yeah, that's nuts. But you've, you've always loved um, animals and dogs and yeah. Yeah. So, so like my, my spirit animal, like is a wolf. So I just feel like kind of resonates with the the type of kink, the environment. Mm -hmm. So um, I want I have a couple of questions for you because I want people to know that you're not being ignored. You're just there's pup play, and when you do pup play, you would tend to be strike. You would tend to be um, the submissive. Mm -hmm. Okay, can you describe to me a little bit about what that what that entails in your relationship? Just not being in charge, letting him take control of me. And how does that look? I think it's hot. Well, no. Well, how, how does it look? To, <laughs> other than being hot, how does that look in any given day? Like, let's say, you know, okay, you guys are getting together. You're going to release some stress from your day. How does it start? How does it start? Him telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, walk me through it. If I've never seen it before and you wanted me to get into pup play... You, you'd have to, you have to sell me. Oh, I suck at that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an example of, of the submissive. Okay. Like there's, there's several levels. Like you can have a handler 
which would be a dominant who is in a pup and handles the pups, right? So that would be your, 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 your sir, your alpha, your boss, right? Then you have, uh, the pup, which is usually a beta or an alpha, uh, alpha beta or omega alpha is if it's a pack of puppies, alpha is the one that kind of takes the charge and leads the pups, but isn't the master or the handler, right? Then your beta is someone who's in your pack. And then an omega is like a puppy that's just a stray, doesn't have a pack, um, or is looking for a pack, looking for a handler. You know, that would be your single, your available pup. Mm -hmm. Your beta pups are usually taken, collared, as you see. Collared, Mm -hmm. locked means you're taken, committed to an alpha or a handler. Um, So it has like a family dynamic. There's, There's roles. But how you would start is, I mean, come home from work. If if I want him to put his pup gear on, I'll leave his hood next to his pillow, and he walks in the door and knows oh, I better be a puppy in a little bit. And how does that play into the rest of your life, though? What if the, what if that day you're not feeling it? Put her laying on the bed. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, there has there has to be give and take and, and understandability. Yeah. I mean, if if you're not ready to be put in the headspace, it doesn't work. Okay. You know, it, it has to be mutual. There are some times where I'll push him into his headspace and it takes a little while to get there. And then you get there and it's like any other thing. It just takes off from there. Mm-hmm. This is a part of your sex life. Correct. Mm-hmm. So just like with sex, you do have to get into that headspace. Correct. Cause you're not on all the time. Right. right. But okay. puppy play also doesn't have to be sexual intercourse. Like it's a sexual play by nature. It's mm-hmm. cute. It's cuddly. It, it's, it's, uh, petting, it's wagging, it, it's, you know, playing with a ball or tug of war or wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, just because a kink is a kink, that doesn't mean it actually has to end with sexual intercourse. How did you know that you were the alpha or the, the, the one? That so the, I, I started the in the beginning, like not knowing anything. I mean, I started as an Omega with having no clue what I was doing, you know, trying to find the gear on, uh, online at the cheapest place. And, got stuff that fell apart because it didn't hold up, you know, didn't know much about it. And I learned, I learned from other pups and then I learned from alphas and I had an alpha guide me for a little while. And then I I was like, all right, I want to lead some puppies. So then I became a handler and a puppy and, you know, can pretty much play any role. I prefer the more alpha dominant or handler handler role versus the submissive puppy role. But it's also fun to get into that space every once in a while and let your inner stresses out. So you tried all of it. You tried being uh, the submissive. You tried being uh, the aggressor or the dominant or the handler. dominant. Yes. The yep. handler. Um, how does when when you're out, right, because you both have paws, right? Or collars. Collars. OK. So you both have collars and they're different colors. Does the color signify something? Yes and no. It, okay. it's, a, it's a tough question. So. If you're an older General, uh, older individual in the LGBTQT community, you know, there was originally a color code back in, I want to say the late 70s, 80s, um, because you couldn't be out and proud. So the colors do have some meaning. In the role of the puppy community, the, the, the colors actually have no meaning at all. It's what's your favorite color? What's your color preference? Now, you can match your color to your kink if you choose to. So like, I like the BDSM. So my colors are black and gray, right? Red without red ideally would be a fisting color in the kink community, mm. but he's not into that kink. His favorite color is just red. So his puppy color doesn't match his kink preference. It just matches his preference of color. Mine, I was able to match the two. My favorite color is black 
and BDSM and kink is black and gray and white. So my colors were able to match. Then you have some pups that are yellow that are into water sports. So okay. their puppy color matches their kink. But then you could have somebody who just likes yellow and has no idea what water sports even is. So you have to ask the individual, you know, is that your puppy color? Is that your kink color? Is it both? And that'll give you a window as to where they're at and what their interest is. You guys have been together for how long now? Six years. Six years. Uh, Strike, were you into pup play when you met Spike? I had just started getting into it. I was on Twitter looking through porn. I came across pup play. I was like, all right, that's cool. And then I found this one on Grindr. Then that's how it started. And when you are on Grinder, do you have like specific things that you put in your profile that would let people know that you are into pup play? No, mine was all blank. <laughs> You're one of those. <laughs> no, I mean, I had a picture of my age. That was about it. Nothing like a bio or anything. Mm. I wasn't really looking. And then he messaged me and that was it. And so when he did message you, were you into pup play as much as uh, Spike was into pup play? No, because I was just getting into it. Okay. So your introduction was? When I met him. Okay. How would you say that was? Aggressive? <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah. I mean, he had an interest, and mm-hmm. we, we, we started simple, and we built on it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, oh, and I should let people know that we are in your play space, and one of your play spaces, right? You have a play space upstairs. You guys make videos on Instagram, or do you make videos on OnlyFans just for fans? So we have a t- Instagram, Twitter, and an OnlyFans. And an OnlyFans. Okay. Yes. How do you think your content is received online? So we get a lot of positive feedback uh, from the people who view it, but the platforms keep taking it down, claiming it's insensitive and violates community guidelines. Um, they feel that treating people like animals is humiliating and and they uh yeah we're having some issues with the platforms so we're trying our best to conform but uh if anybody's interested in the videos they can always message us tell me a little bit about your background tell me a little bit about growing up did you when you came out of the closet how school was where you grew up is that okay can we talk about that not yet can we talk about the fact that we're in what state we were in? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk okay. about. The, I, I, I wouldn't go to the town. Okay, we don't have to go to the town. We don't have um, to get that 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 deep. County state is good. Okay. Um. So yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, growing up in New Jersey, uh, growing up in Bergen County. <laughs> so Bergen County, very very conservative area. So the kink is not very well perceived. Not very many people into it. My first uh, puppy friends would. Uh, Happened to have been from New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually were in the process of starting their first community or uh, group organization, a puppy club. Um, so it was tough because you had to travel an hour away just to find somebody who had a similar interest. Mm-hmm. But you were always, from what I gathered or from how I, re- I, re- I remember you, you're always a little different from a lot of other gay guys. <laughs> Do you identify as gay? Yes. Okay. So you were... So re- born and raised in a military and paramilitary family. Uh, so it was clean cut, straight edged, you know, act this way, do this this way and uh, no deviating. And uh, so, yeah, so the, the pup play was definitely a way for me to switch hats and, and put on a hood and, and let all that go and, and be who I wanted to be on the inside. 
and you still have that person with you that yeah every you know, day still get up put on a uniform and a badge and go to work and protect the community in all different ways and you know so the pup play is definitely a way to release a lot of that stress do you ever like combine both uh, i don't know if the community is ready for that yet <laughs> <laughs> how about you strike how did you grow up and where I grew up in New York, Rockland County. Um, when I first came out originally, my parents didn't believe me. They laughed. And then a week later, I went on vacation. I came out to everybody. And then when I came back, it was like nothing happened. In a good way or? For me, yeah. Okay. Like nothing happened? Like your family was like, all right, no, well, no, he's no. gay or? Came back and it was back to normal. Oh, okay. I see. But a good normal or? Normal to me. What about, what about growing up? What about like, did you, when you, before you came out, what was high school like? What was, what was being a kid like? <laughs> Went to school, came home. Um, during high school, I had bowling at pretty much every day. So it was either go bowling and then come back home and repeat the next day. And what about um, being attracted to guys? When did you, when did, when did you get those feelings? I want to come back to you and I'll ask you that too, but. When did you know before you came out? When did you know? Probably the summer going into ninth grade. Like I knew something was up. And then like around ninth, tenth grade, staring at guys, getting hard in class, trying to hide it. <laughs> that pretty much sealed the deal there. Did you ever have experiences? In high school? Yeah. No. No? Just your imagination? Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you want to have experiences? <laughs> Who doesn't? I know, yeah. Pretty much, I yeah. feel like we'd kick a hole in the wall and fuck it <laughs> at that age. <laughs> I mean, the one my head, I had three girlfriends at once. So I was like, all right. You had three girlfriends at Apparently, once? Apparently. Jeez, okay. All from different schools. Wow. I'm so you that, were... Uh, I missed that code. <laughs> they just wanted the puppy bone. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a pure breeder, right? <laughs> Let's not get that technical. <laughs> how about you? How was um, <clears throat> how was your high school experience or growing up experience? And when did you realize that you weren't into girls? So I, I knew pretty young. Uh, I started out like just being into all both sexes, not really having a preference. And then as I hit high school, I was like, all right, girls are kind of a pain. So enjoy boys much better. And you know, kind of just went from there. Mm-hmm. Coming out. Um, was an interesting long story, which would be a whole nother podcast, but, um, I didn't really need to come out because my two younger siblings came out first. Oh, wow. One of, so I'm one of three. Um, so the train tracks were laid and the train had already traveled that track. So it was just, Hey, me too. You know, it was, it was luckily for me, it was much simpler than my siblings. What, what was that experience like? Because if you're, you're three, you're one of three yeah, and all three of you came out as, either gay or trans yep. or okay. So by the time you came out were your parents just like, okay, well they were just like, yep. Another one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, <laughs> but what was that? What was, was that? Like, experience? Dad, you're out of here. <laughs> what was that experience like though? Because I don't think a lot of people grow up with their siblings also having these feelings. That's um, like, um, it's like winning the jackpot <laughs> uh, in a way. I mean, it's, that it was definitely different. Um, I didn't know that they had, come to terms until they had let let the cat out of the bag themselves. So it's like, I didn't know my brother was gay until he said it. I was kind of caught off guard and I was like, Oh, I wonder if he knows I am, you know, like it was, we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of each, all three of us kind of had our own separate directions in life. 
And then when all three of us had eventually come out together, it brought all three of us closer together. Mm. I was going to say, what was your relationship or what is your relationship? Yeah, like? it brought us a little closer together, a little more understanding of each other. Like, I think that the three of us, when we were much younger, we each had different directions because we didn't know about the other ones. You know, I focused on my paramilitary stuff and my other brother focused on school. Another brother was into scouting and, and, and camping and all kinds of outdoor stuff. And it wasn't until all three of us had, had, you know, said, hey, you know, me too, that we started uh, bringing our relationship closer together and understanding each other better. So you said your other brother, before you said you had a brother and sister, your sister transitioned. So yeah, my, my one brother did eventually later on uh, come out as trans and started transitioning. Okay. So three boys, three pups. Two boys and a girl. Well, now three boys. No, no. My brother transitioned to become my sister. Oh, okay. So, okay. Male to female. Yes, correct. All right. Wow. I I don't think I knew that. I knew the transition. I didn't know it was um, oh, MTF. I thought, yeah. Yeah, no. Three, we three, uh, three boys, and now it's uh, two boys and a younger sister. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's... Yeah. That's something. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely caught, caught me off guard, too, a little bit. One thing I want to ask you guys about pup play, just in case there's any kind of uh, dispelling that needs to happen, you guys are not into animals. Negative. Not, okay. not a thing. All right. N- not to say that... Well, I think... <laughs> I don't mean to sound like a dick, but people are pretty much fucking stupid sometimes. So, you know. So, yeah. So, pup play is human behavior, right? And it's a playful space. Being into animals falls under bestiality and is a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. They're not connected at all. You just like the idea of dressing up like pups or dogs and acting like them, but not necessarily the other aspect of it. Correct. Like, okay. All right. Yeah. So animals are safe. Yes. Animals, animals are, are safe. very much safe. <laughs> um, yeah. I just, I can see that. I, I feel like we needed to uh, preface or clarify that because I no, think yeah, some, some people get very confused by it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think at, as basic as it is, I think, yes, somebody would automatically assume that if they're not very uh, well read or I don't know. I, I, I just think that it's, Nothing surprises me anymore when it comes to people. <laughs> people make assumptions before yeah, they educate absolutely. themselves. I absolutely. mean, and it's not even a, an a LGBT kink or fetish. You know, there are a lot oh, of straight yeah. couples that are into pup play. Yeah, there's that. There's horse play. There's a whole bunch of mm-hmm. whole bunch of stuff yeah. out there. I mean, and each one's different. So, like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, the horse play. Horse play is more, um, more stiff, more more rigid, um, more of a masculine kind of a play. Puppy play is more of a very submissive, like cute, cuddly, roll around. You know, you want your belly rubbed. You want your head pet. Um, it's more of a younger kind of playful headspace. You know, mm-hmm. pony play is more of an adult thing, right? Um, you know, stiffer, rigid, you know, not as playful, you know. And then, you know, there's furries that, you know, like to do the uh, cosplay stuff. And there's all different types and variations on the fetish itself. And one thing you mentioned before, though, uh, you guys, when you play, you don't necessarily have to have sex. It doesn't have to end Correct. in sex. Um, how do you get off? Uh, sometimes you don't. 
Well, sometimes you don't have to. I mean, there are, there are nights where we'll just put our puppy gear on and we'll cuddle in bed, watch movies and fall asleep. It's, 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 it's legitimately, it, it's a change of headspace. It, okay. It's, it's, it's putting on that mask and then assuming the role of that character or putting okay. on that cape and being that superhero for the day. Um, and then when you take it off and you put on your dress shirt and tie and you go to work, you're back to your normal self. Mm-hmm. How do you find that? Is it easy to do? Yeah, the, the transition can be pretty easy. I mean, if you want to stay in your subspace, you could carry it with you to work, uh, you know, under the uh, the cloak of invisibility if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, there are people that will wear their puppy gear or there's some people that will wear their fetish gear underneath their work clothes and go to work and they just feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. They feel uh, empowered and they go to work and nobody know, no, you know, nobody knows from their job that they're wearing their harness or their sexy underwear or their cape underneath their dress shirt. Oh my God. I, that just, rem- that reminded me, I went to Philadelphia and, uh, this was like last year and we were sitting in a bar and it's me and Alex and <laughs> I'm only laughing because I'm, I'm shocked that I didn't pick up on it quicker, but there's this guy and he's sitting next to us and he's really nice. He's got this beard glasses and he's visiting Philly, uh, for work. And he decides to go to a bar. He wasn't gay. He was married, but he he loved wearing heels. And at one point, I looked down. He's wearing jeans, and I think he was even wearing socks and just like these really high heels. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like it was, you know, yeah, you wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think anything. Right. He was like one of those guys that's just like, yeah, you know, blah 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 blah. Then he, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> he starts walking away, and I was just like, "Wow, it, it's." It's interesting how, and that's how he felt comfortable. Well, I mean, you don't, you, he could have had on lingerie or leggings Absolutely. underneath, you know, I think he, he could have been wearing his kink underneath. I think he mentioned wearing uh, women's clothing or, or women's underwear underneath. Yeah, and that's a whole other fetish. Yeah, no, yeah. Just, you know, the way people, I think it's sensation when it comes to certain people. It's comfortability. It, it's a feeling of, of safe. It's a safety net. Mm-hmm. Like, like we have a friend who will put on his latex gear and go to work. You know, and he's got his work dress pants and collared shirt on over it. And it makes him feel safe. It may, it's his comfort zone. Well, another thing I wanted to point out was you are you guys are sitting behind the pup flag. This, yeah, this is the puppy puppy play pride flag. OK. Um, most of the most of the larger kinks or fetishes have a flag that represents their community. Mm-hmm. So this one with the red bone happens to be the puppy one. Yeah, I'll get a, I'll get a shot of it afterwards. And that is that a dildo? No, that's the puppy bone. No, no, I'm talking about that that strap on up uh, there. Well, yeah, that's that's a mouth that's gag. A gag. Yeah. Oh, it's a mouth gag. That goes in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. I'll lend it to Alex for you later. How? <laughs> how how uh, how long does that stay in your mouth? As long as your dominant wants it to. Jesus. Okay. See, that's this. <laughs> I I respect every single. He's a little past the orange. Well, look, I respect every single person's uh right to do whatever they want and to be as happy as they want there are just some things that i i I look at and i'm like oh wow i don't know if i could do that and i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all all. but everything isn't for everybody i'm intrigued i'm intrigued by everything and and this is one of those situations where even you know in when i was with uh we'll we'll learn you (laughs) we'll learn you okay um i was with uh another company in 2014 
And we did a movie called Purebred. And I think I mentioned it to you. I'm not sure if I sent it to you, but it was with Dane O'Connor, who was just starting to get in the pub play. He would wear a lock. He, you know, had a lot of stuff on. It was kind of peripherally about pub play. We couldn't do an entire movie about that because we didn't know how people were going to respond to it. And when it comes to porn studios, the first and foremost thing is make money. And um, I think we had one or two that were like in, in pub gear. But other than that, it wasn't really. Yeah. You guys probably would appreciate it, but you'd be like, okay, well, that's not everything. <laughs> right. So, so when you're watching or when you're looking for porn, how long does pub play last? Like if you were, if you were going to put something together, how long would a pub play situation or scenario or session be? It depends what you want out of it. If you're looking to film a porn, uh, a porn video for your audience, it could be a half hour. It could be, it could be shorter. Um, I mean, pub play could last, I mean, it could last weeks. I mean, it, it, if, if you have the weekend and you want to stay in your pup headspace all weekend, you could put your puppy hood on and, and leave it on from Friday night till, till Monday morning. I mean, and, and stay in a subspace or a puppy, a puppy playful space. You could shower in it. You could make dinner in it. Mm-hmm. You could, mm-hmm. you know, you could stay in a headspace as long as you want. But again, we're all human and we have life and life is going 90 miles an hour right now. So, you know, who gets that much free time? Mm. Um, for us, it's usually, you know, a couple hours, you know, on one or two nights a week, maybe on the weekend, if we have nothing on our calendar and some free time, we can put our pup gear on and play with some of our other kinks with it. Um, so it, it depends on you, your partners or partner and, you know, how much time you have. It sounds very retreat like. Yes, it's very much so. Because if you're able to unplug for a weekend and just kind of not be yourself, um, it's very freeing. Yes. It, it lifts a lot of weight off your shoulders. And like I said earlier, it, it's a stress reliever. Mm-hmm. You get to lock out work. You get to lock out the family dramas. You get to lock out having to wait in traffic. You know, like it's just you put on your mask, your hood. I mean, and you can do it without the gear. Um, the hood is just kind of like a uh, it's a symbol, uh, you know, sim- symbolic. Like you put that hood on and it just helps your body relax. Mm-hmm. It helps you find that headspace quicker. But you can do it without the gear. The gear is not required. The gear is just a sexy outfit. Um, again, the hood, the tail, the paws, like it's all, it's all accessories. The more you dive into it, you find that the accessories help you go from zero to a hundred into your headspace a lot quicker. Without it, you have to kind of work into your headspace. Can you give me an example of headspace? Would you guys be able to, would you be able to get strike into the headspace? <laughs> He's in it. <laughs> yeah. I usually punch him in the balls at the same time, but <laughs> <laughs> do you really? Hold on, really? Wait, so that are he you into? Be, he likes to be a little mean. Wait, you, so you're into ball, um, like ball punching and shit? Uh, CBT. CBT. What's Hack that? And ball torture. Okay, so you... kink. Yeah, I mean, I'm slightly into it. He just likes to be mean. He, he likes to be a mean puppy. Okay. So when but... I first met him, mm-hmm. we would pop up down here. We would play with a ball. I'll throw the ball right at his balls, <laughs> and he wouldn't know about it. He's a very vicious, rough puppy. Okay, so he's well. He's spry. He's young. He's right. you know, he's playful. Right. You know, he's a cute, soft, cuddly human. So he's a grumpy, angry puppy. <laughs> <laughs> he's at, how, how old did you say he is in dog years? Eight, nine, somewhere around there. 
Not even close. In dog years, wouldn't that make it 56 or? No. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, God, that's young. I don't know what I was talking about. I'm saying, like, you know how for every human year, dog is seven years? Oh, is it seven? Yeah. So you've been a puppy, what, about two years? So maybe 14? Okay. Seven, 14, 21? Probably 35, 42. Okay. How old are you? You're asking me to do math. I'm not in in that headspace for math right now. Okay. All right. (laughs) Uh, One thing I wanted to get back to, too. Remember, we were talking about your your necklaces. Collars. Collars. Okay, so your collars. In the community, when... If I walked up to Strike and you saw me walk up to him, how would that interaction be? How what would I need to do to recognize that he he is taken, um, or he already has a handler? So um, again, it, it it's that's a tough one to answer because a lot of pups now will just get a collar, right? So like when I started out, I had to get my own collar, right? I didn't have someone to give it to me or issue it to me, right? So like his, he didn't have a collar. So when I adopted him into the pack at the time, I got him a collar. And then when he decided he wanted to commit to me and the pack at the time, he got a lock. So the lock signifies that, you know, um, taken or committed, mm-hmm. right? And the tag is just your pup name. You know, pups have all different kind of uh, designer tags and stuff. So the collar is a symbol of, is symbolic of being the puppy, right? It used to mean you were, when you were collared, it used to mean you were, you had given yourself to an alpha or a beta or a handler. Nowadays, there's so many pups that have collars, it's hard to tell, so you have to ask. You know, it's a very simple question, you know, are are you collared or are well, you... Yeah, I didn't know if there was a standard operating procedure when it comes nah, to it, it's, it's, it's respect. Okay. Like, the, the kink community is built on respect and trust, so if you walked into a bar and you saw a puppy, you could walk up to the puppy and say, can I pet your head and give him a pet or scratchies? And they'll either bow their head down and saying, you know, that's their symbol for, yeah, go ahead. Um, and you could say, are you collared? Do you have a handler? You know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overstep. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll tell you. Uh, they'll be very upfront. And there are situations too, right, where, you have two handlers and they have pups and they let them play like, yes, almost like a, it's called a puppy mosh. Puppy mosh is the equivalent of a dog park, let's say, or like yep. a getting together. Yep, and, pretty okay. much. So there's a couple bars that have puppy nights once a month or, you know, quarterly or whatever. Um, and you know, the handlers will bring their puppies to the bar and there's little play mats like we have here and they'll play, play fetch, throw a ball, play mm-hmm. tug of war, and they'll be cute, cuddly in their headspace, and it's a safe space for them to let out and mingle and meet other puppies. How did you choose your mask? Um, yeah, it's very nice. Both of um, your masks are very nice. That's something we should talk about too. You guys get your your gear custom made. Yes. Yeah, so we we um well, Strike here is wearing the shorts and the harness uh, actually were custom made for him by a g- friend of ours that has a small neoprene business in New York City. So, you can, hey, small business, you can you can say his name, you can do all uh, that stuff. It goes by Kink Tech. Um, we can give you a link to his uh, Etsy or his uh, Instagram, but he makes all the neoprene gear, which is actually very comfortable, and it kind of mimics the same kind of gear that the leather community has. Okay. Uh, you know, the leather daddies with their vests, their leather hats, their leather chaps. Um, so he designed a line of neoprene gear that was 
softer, more comfortable, easier to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we're on our hands and knees and, and rough housing. It's a more comfortable, uh, type of gear. The hoods mm-hmm. come from, uh, different manufacturers from kink stores. Um, you know, this one happens to be an older one made out of leather. His here is made out of neoprene. Have you guys been out wearing your gear? Yeah, we do uh, the Pride events in the local states, and we uh, march in the parade. Well, outside of Pride events, because I feel like they're, they're a little more accepting. Um, do you get? Have you been to a uh, like a festival or an event that's not gay pride oriented? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, we we do a lot of the gay events, the uh, the LGBT events, the Folsom, the conferences. Um, we have puppies at the park. We have puppies at the zoo. We mm-hmm. we do do events as puppies. Um, but we haven't had time or the opportunity to just go to a regular random event and show up as a puppy and see what the, uh, well, even, I guess even in, in pride events and stuff, puppy play is understood, but do you still get a little ambivalence? Um, some, some people love it and some people are turned their nose up. I mean, we were in Asbury, I guess two summers ago or no, actually just before COVID, and some lady came up to us and her, she goes, can my two kids pet you? And we put our noses down the kids petted our nose and the kids took a picture with us. And the mom said, you guys look great. She loved it. And, uh, you know, moved on, you know, like she looked at it as a form of role play, a costume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've had some people that look at you and give you a dirty look and you just walk past and it is what it is. Mm. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> I mean, every, everybody, everybody judges. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And if you are into pup play, or let's say you're like Strike, who is just starting to get into it, how, where would you where would you send people to start kind of getting an idea of what pup play is like? So, this one told me to look on Google. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the internet, but like anything else you look up on the internet, you're going to find all different sides and point of views there, there really is to my knowledge still, there's no home base for it. Um, so you'd have to research it. I mean, what I would say to people is go online and search for your nearest, uh, club, your nearest pup and handler organization. Your uh, depending on where you located, there's like New Jersey has NJ paw, New York city has, uh, NYC paw, Buffalo has Buffalo paw, um, Cleveland has, I think it's Cleveland puppy patrol, mm-hmm. something like that. If you live in the Cleveland area. Um, so if you Google, you know, what's my local pup community or what's my local pup and handler or Paw patrol or whatever, your area may have a group, uh, an organization, a nonprofit that, um, has events for the pup community or your local leather bar. Um, a lot of, a lot of large cities have like uh, a bar similar to the blue oyster from the police Academy or the Eagle, uh, in New York city, the Eagle in London, you know, wherever, wherever you're located, your local leather bar may have an idea of any kind of organization that caters to the leather <laughs> community so, or the pub so, community. So, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you said the blue oyster. <laughs> you know that, uh, on season four of the podcast, I use the song from the Blue Oyster. Oh, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't have yeah, season four when yet. I do the outro, I I put that song on, and I'm I I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just um, <laughs> look at him. well He's... because I took I want to take that song back. I love Police Academy, but every time they would go to the Blue Oyster, they were laughing at gay people, 
And as much as I love Police Academy, I love that song. And I, I said, you know what? Let's put it on here and see who recognizes it. <laughs> so next time you you listen to a podcast from season four, you'll hear, <laughs> you know, that, that song from the Blue Oyster. Um, I'm sorry. I know you were saying something very important <laughs> and I interrupted. No, you're good. But you were, you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, just check out your local leather, leather or kink bar if you mm-hmm. have one. And if you don't, just start searching. You know, I know there's some public groups on facebook uh you can probably find them on instagram you know just google pah you know initials uh you know for pup and handler and if you find one person in your area they'll be able to point you to another who will point you to another and the the groups are out there um for privacy reasons they're not easy to find you can even reach out to some of the larger cities like if you get a hold of somebody from nyc paw they can probably reference you to hey check out xyz they're from your state's Pup and handle organization. The sky's the limit. You guys are like completely different people uh, in those masks. It's yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> we'll get you in one someday. <laughs> I would do it just for you guys. <laughs> and just and on camera. Honestly, I I think it'd be kind of a kick to see to Alex, do. only us, not you. <laughs> well, I mean <laughs> he would uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, strike. We got, we got bad boy. Wow. You've been watching Demystifying Gay Porn. I am your host, Ike Grande. Demystifying Gay Porn can be found on every podcast directory as well as YouTube. Demystifying Gay Porn is on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Telegram. If you like what you're watching and want to be a part of the process, head over to patreon.com backslash demystifying gay porn, where you can help this YouTube channel and I can continue making content like this. Once again, this is Demystifying Gay Porn. My name is Ike Grande. And if you watch gay porn, I've definitely helped to get off. Cheers. (laughs) 